Wow. Yeah, that is that is as significant as it could as it could be. Yeah. I mean, it was no small feat moving mountains and orchestrating space and time in order to ensure that our episode 100 was the perfect celebratory arrangement of wild topics and other ephemera to light the podcast yeah. on fire. Yeah. But this is- being that it's episode 100, like, like you think we're going to hold back. No, 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 no. You think we're not going to be years in advance doing things like, you know, (laughs) those three times that we missed a weekly episode? Yes. That was all leading to this. Yeah, this Uh, is a long game. This was the long con, you know? I mean, Nicholas Latifi uh, losing it uh, in Abu Dhabi, that was all leading to this. mm -hmm. Leading to episode 100 of the F1 Files. Uh, Shall we just dive straight into it welcome to the centurion episode of the f1 files we are a formula one podcast where it's just a couple of childhood best friends quite literally rearranging and reorienting the fabric of the universe in order to streamline our childhood fandom and best friendhood and professional uh mishigas uh into you know wow. just a the the just the perfect little little combination to bring bring y'all bring y'all into our world. Uh we love this sport even when it doesn't love us back. My name is Corey Willis. I'm an actor, writer, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And this is John Lapore, creative consultant, designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Um, all right. Centurion, first off, that's a beautiful, uh, deep, deep pull out of the uh, thesaurus <laughs> right there. The Centurion episode of the F1 uh, Files is incredibly momentous, incredibly mm-hmm. eventful. Um, if you don't mind, I would like to just throw out there just right up front. Uh, we're also in a period where we've gained a whole bunch of new listeners, uh, which is very exciting for us. Um, but uh, we have lost one listener this week, which is uh, my my Uncle Ricky, who is a, a, a centerpiece of how I even got to know what Formula One uh, is. Uh, mm-hmm. Ricky was, uh, he was a, an amazing racing instructor to many who knew him, lived a wonderfully full life, did many, many things. He was an even better uncle, was like this amazing mm-hmm. figure in my life. And so I just want to, you know, I, I feel it's uh, appropriate to dedicate our 100th episode to Rick Lepore, who who passed on this past Wednesday. Uh, but also, you know, and for me, obviously thinking about him and thinking about exciting things happening in the sport that he loved and other exciting things that are happening in my life that are tangential to the sport that we love and whatnot. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this and just, you know, be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm deeply saddened, but I also have, I don't know, it's given me all a lot of 
extra bit of like rocket fuel towards the things that I'm passionate and excited about as well at the same time. So with all that said, uh, let's dive into this week's extremely chaotic uh, news. Um, The silliest- the the, The Andretti news, right? You're talking about the Andretti news? We're gonna we're gonna get into the oh, Andretti oh, okay, news. Okay, okay, okay. We're okay. gonna get into the Andretti news because there's serious stuff to unpack there. Yeah. Um, oh, so you you must be talking about uh, Haas's car reveal. Then they they just revealed uh, their their contender for the 2024 season, uh, and it was uh, a wonderful little. Oh, they're they're what? incredibly impactful. I think it was just like an email that like landed yeah. in my inbox that was just like, well, here's the car. Um, mm-hmm. We don't even need to circle back to that. It one. actually we showed just, up. We just, it showed up in my, in my junk because they thought it was a Chipotle uh, like coupon. Uh, right. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. AI. Yeah. They, they were like, uh, uh, you know, there's like a, a message that, that Gmail puts above the email that is like, if this message that contains the word MoneyGram 16 times and mm-hmm. it is asking you to go to the store and buy gift cards, contact your local authorities, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so not that, not that, not nailed it, talking. nailed it, Haas. Uh not even uh uh the continuing uh wild vi- virality of my little Formula 1 uh Apple Vision Pro experiment which if you haven't seen it uh you can check it out on any of my social platforms and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh, uh on Friday I got a string of messages from people that all came in like all, like within the same 1 hour window being like yo Marquez Brownlee is talking about your thing on his podcast you need to check that out and I was like Whoa, are you serious? What? I mean, Marcus Brownlee, he has this like astronomically huge YouTube channel, but his podcast mm. is also extremely popular. And then last night at like, I don't know, 11.15 p.m., I was sitting down uh, unwinding and another wave of messages came in that were all like, okay, Marquez Brownlee called out your thing again, but on his astronomically popular YouTube channel on his main feed as part of his Apple vision pro review, which might be one of the like most watched videos that he'll create this year. So that's insane. Pretty, pretty big news there. All of that pales in comparison to our main story this week. Corey, how did you, I guess like, all right. The the main story is mm-hmm. that Lewis Hamilton is going to Ferrari in 2025 for a yes. multi-year contract. How did you find out this news? Uh, John, you broke this news to me in a yes! text message. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! I was hoping I would I would I am I am normally very <laughs> hyper considerate about sending early morning text messages to anyone because yep. I if someone does that to me and catches me at the wrong time of I was just hoping to get one last wink of sleep. Like even <laughs> if I'm between snooze alarms yep. and and a text comes in, I like you're an enemy for life. And yes. I took yep. the chance because I thought I might be able to be the one to break it to you. And you did it. And it was, it was the most exquisite experience because I was quite literally in like 
the like a a different hotel arrangement in the jungle which was like in this like kind of surf uh like hostel that has now been converted into a hotel i have so many thoughts and so much to say about my time in costa rica that is not for this podcast but for other conversations and other spaces (laughs) but i was in i was in this little uh hotel room and uh, the sun was like streaming in through the jungle. Uh, I was like, luckily in some air conditioning in this tiny little surf uh, hotel and rolled over. Uh, and it was just like, I just kind of cracked my eyes open uh, just before the text message came through. So it like, I was somehow like the, uh, like whenever, if, if, if you know we're on this podcast, if you ever hear some like weird digital chatter or something like that, it's because there's like a signal of someone's like getting like some sort of notification or something like that, and it's interfering with the 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 Wi-Fi in such a way that it interrupts a broadcast record. But that is exactly what happened. Is I like kind of like fluttered my eyes open uh, to like some sort of weird dream like digital chatter and then your text message appeared uh and it like unlocked my phone because of the face id so it like immediately popped it was like the first thing that i saw uh was was your message uh so kudos to you john you timed that absolutely perfectly um and well i even wanted to leave a little intrigue because the i i don't think i even uh, there no. wasn't even any text in the message. It was just nope. the like, you know, the popular Picture. photoshopped image of Hamilton yep. rocking the Ferrari race suit. Yeah. And I figured yeah. that would at least like, you know, be like, no, 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 wait, no. Yeah. 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 And then it was just a like a finger frantic, like early morning finger fumble to like get to as many of my uh, my my social media <laughs> apps as possible to be like, OK, this is OK. What, OK, what's happening? Wait, what's happening? Who's saying what? What's happening? Like my brother started messaging me uh, and sent me like more or less the same image through like mm-hmm. IG messaging. Uh, and I th- I'm sure like he rolled over with his like sleeping child and wife and just was like oh let me just quickly send this and then like went back to sleep uh so yeah it was it was a beautiful moment um and i think i i responded pretty quickly to you in the same way that a lot of people responded uh including uh one uh peter bonnington with uh uh is this like april fools like what's uh what's what's going on here is this is this some sort of april fools prank um but yeah, Lewis Hamilton is going to Ferrari at the end of the 2024 season. Uh, this is the biggest news to hit F1, certainly in our lifetime. And people are saying like, maybe even in the history of the sport, uh, not just because the timing of it, not just be, it's just Hamilton has such an incredible persona and such an incredible presence within the sport uh, that the fact that he's leaving a team that is trying to like reignite a spark. And it seems as though he's moving towards a team that is in the ascendancy. uh, It's like that. This is, it's so incredible. Uh, There's, there are so many angles to this story uh, and so many consequences that are happening Uh, that are taking place and that will continue to take place for the foreseeable future in this sport. Mm -hmm. 
like I, if F1 was dipping at all in stock, it, I mean, I know we usually save this till the end of the, the episode, but like there's, there's nothing that compares to the bump in the stock of F1. Uh, I mean, Ferrari's corporate stock yeah. shot yeah. upwards, like yeah. had a violent spike upwards on this yeah. news. Which it was is... like nine points by the end of the business day uh, is like what they jumped, which is like billions of dollars uh, into Ferrari's uh, uh, portfolio because Lewis had like a feeling. Um, yep. It's this just is wild. truly wild. It, absolutely wild. So uh, Lewis will go to Ferrari. He's mm-hmm. going to take Carlos Sainz's seat, which I think yep. is a mini travesty in yep. and of its own. But we'll 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 get into the the Carlos Sainz of it all. Um, yep. This will open up a seat at Mercedes, one of the yes. absolute top tier teams which yes. is already inviting super chaotic rumors of every kind mm-hmm. from um you know everyone talking about this wet weather testing that was happening in the last 48 hours and a and a new young star who's shining there to what if they put alonzo in the seat to mm-hmm. Is Toto going to try and throw insane money at Verstappen? Like, you know, what's there's all these like almost infinite permutations mm-hmm. that could unfold here. Is Sebastian Vettel going to get out of Vettel, retirement yeah. and drive for yep. a German team? Because uh, yep. he's never driven for Mercedes Benz. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, just what wild um there are other rumors that like there's a chance uh oh that uh that like they're gonna try and even though norris has like locked down his deal that they're still going to like try to poach norris uh they've got alexander albon who could yep. potentially slot in there um uh the, there's there's also so being many- heavily tipped for sergio perez's seat uh, uh, exactly. all of the sudden Yep, Peter Windsor said that like uh, Alex Albon's team, media team or management team has been like, oh yeah, we have uh, there's there's a contract, a three year deal with Red Bull Racing on the table for Alex. Um, but some people are saying that that's just him being like, hey Toto, I'm already driving a Mercedes, and I know how your program works because now I'm driving for James Vowles. Like yep. I could pretty easily pivot into Mercedes. So there, there are just so many different permutations, John. You, you you put it perfectly. Like I'm learning things about myself in real time through this. Corey, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how little I cared about Mercedes. Yeah, me neither. Me I neither. like Mercedes. I've been a fan of the Mercedes team. I'm certainly been a, a Hamilton yeah. fan first and foremost, and I was a huge fan of his from when he started at McLaren, and and yeah. happily rooted for him shifting to Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, <laughs> I, I just like immediately, I'm just like, 
Uh, Mercedes, Schmerschmerschmades. Um, oh, let's see, um, see that the, shiny red car. The other thing I looked at after I was after I looked at my phone was immediately down at my backpack hanging up, which had my uh, Mercedes Benz AMG hat on it that uh, had got, gotten me so much attention at the restaurant like the week before that and was like, yep. oh, I really don't even care. I mean, at least it's red. Like I like fully was like, oh, my God, I'm I, I not that I'm not a Ferrari fan, but I never fancied myself as like a Ferrari fan and I guess here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I and I um, have no qualms about this whatsoever. No, I have no, 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 no I have no shame. I have no like no. there's no molecule of me that's like, oh, look at me, the fair weather fan just switching no. teams at a at a moment's notice. No. I'm all in on Ferrari. They're a mm-hmm. great and highly competent <laughs> team <laughs> that has no issues no whatsoever. Flaws. Nope. And nope. They are, they are they are clearly on their trajectory towards if they ever had any issues, they will all be left in the past and yeah. they will be uh, they will be perfectly poised to bring in championship after championship. Uh, yeah. With so, the help of Sir Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, just just incredible. I mean, this this is so. The, and we like I I, I definitely I, I threw something out there on social media because a lot of people were like oh yeah we're gonna see how many people jumped you know jump from Mercedes who are like avowed Mercedes fans and that is never truly never been like what we've been talking about or advocating for uh, on this podcast like we're definitely just been like oh no we're 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 Lewis Hamilton fans yeah we're we're Hamilton fans and that's that's what. That's kind of what has like allowed us. I mean, I'm a Mercedes fan. I like the team. I like I like Toto. I like you know. I I I, I'm, I have an affinity for the brand and everything. Mm-hmm. But it also it is like never been more evident that like well, when Lewis went there, the team was Ross Braun. Who, yeah. In the words of my daughter, hard eyes emoji, amazing, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Ross yep. Braun. Yep. And Nikki Lauda. Yeah. And it was like the the two of them were the ones that pulled Hamilton into the team. Yeah. To replace Michael Schumacher. Like it's like not yeah. like it was like this. Yeah. I mean, that the reason that Mercedes got back into F1 after having such a long absence was because there was one Michael Schumacher who had reinvigorated the the racing fan and the base, uh, the F1 base in Germany in a way that they had only seen hints of when it came to like soccer, right? Like the the mm-hmm. German teams and like the even like the the hockey teams, like like you know the pre Cold War, like you know the the oh, I can't even remember what it, what that was it was something about uh, not the dream team it was the the miracle on ice that's what it was uh when they were like facing down like the the, the iron curtain uh yeah. like they're you know those were east german players who were who were on that russian team so it's like there's been history of sport and fervent support for sport in germany yeah. and then came michael schumacher and they were like oh we didn't know we had no idea so 
that there was real pedigree at Mercedes. Uh, it really did matter. There was a reason why Lewis went there in the first place, right? That's there's there's a very big reason why is because Ross Braun and Nicky Lauda were like, hey, do you want to step into the seat of a legend? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes, please. Uh, and now he's getting to fulfill the dreams of like not only his childhood, but like every single person who's ever gotten behind the wheel of a car and driven it in anger has like imagined what it would be like to drive a Ferrari. And for those the I mean, I, I count myself as ridiculously lucky. I've been able to drive a Ferrari before and it is truly a next level experience. And the fact that he gets to drive the best Ferrari on the planet piloted like with with a racing partner as incredible as Charles Leclerc like it's this yeah. this is such an amazing story um i i don't ah oh, i mean it's almost as if he's like m- like absolutely screwing over the apple uh movie like the the Brad Pitt uh, movie where it's just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, actually, like, <laughs> By the time so that like... movie comes out, <laughs> yeah, it's going yeah. to, it'll, it'll be fine. They will, they will literally just be CGIing his head, yeah, onto yeah. uh, Carlos Sainz's body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, so, it's so funny. Uh, and they'll be CGIing Carlos Sainz's head. Onto Lewis Hamilton wearing some super absurd outfit, you know, in the pit as lane. he's prone yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, a- oh my God. I mean, all right. So I've, I've always stated, and I'm, this isn't like some original thing I've concocted. This is, I think a common sentiment in formula one mm-hmm. that every driver wants to drive for Ferrari at some point. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian yeah. Vettel, I think, is quoted specifically to say, every fan, no matter what team they root for, if they are part of another team, mm-hmm. they are still a fan of Ferrari. Yeah. And it just seems like there's like so much uh so much like goodwill, so much general like positive energy of the sport as a whole. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is revved up by the combination of these two entities, and it it yeah it, it blows my mind. Um, I yeah. I do wonder what happens. Like I I don't want this to seem too grand, but I do feel mm-hmm. like just this brings so much positive energy and momentum to Ferrari as an organization. Yeah, that I, I do think it it will help them iron out some of their foibles, some of their fumbles, some of their mistakes that feel like they're all driven from like a sort of like insecurity, and yeah. that having the knighted by the queen, Sir Lewis Hamilton, like mm-hmm. just like gently placing his hand on everyone's shoulder in the team and just saying like we're going to have a good year, everybody like that, that alone, yeah. I feel like could straighten out some of their worst well, issues. There is that. And then there are also the moves that one Frederick mm-hmm. Vastor has been making over the past several years. Uh, Ferrari really handcuffed him when he first came on board as the team principal, 
with all yep. the people that he was trying to bring in. Uh, but there are a couple of people that he uh, he was like, no, 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 no. I that like I need this person to be a part of this organization uh, yep. or you will not be successful. Uh, and one of these people is a man named Loic Sarah. Uh, and he is, uh, was head of vehicle performance at Mercedes. He had to take a year off this past year. And now he is going to end up being part of the vehicle design of the new Ferrari that Lewis will be driving. And this is such a monumental thing because Lewis and Loic Sarah had very similar viewpoints on what was wrong with the Mercedes and where it was going and the trajectory that their vehicle uh, design was going in, uh, their engine and aerodynamic design. And that is one of the reasons why Loic left Mercedes was because he was like, look, you guys aren't listening to me anymore. And Lewis was very much on board with Loic's ideal of what the car should be and mm -hmm. the fact that this man left mercedes has been on gardening leave and will now begin to work for ferrari as lewis at, you know literally he was the other part he was he was the person who was translating all of that information that lewis was delivering back to his engineers and then he was translating that to the engineers the aerodynamic engineers specifically and also the engine engineer like it's such a massive win for Vasor. So we've got Loic Sarah on there. Lewis has already come out and said, Hey, I want Bono to come with me. Yep. Hey, I want Shove to come with me. Like there are several people who Lewis is openly in interviews saying, like, yeah, we're we want to make this happen. And yep. There's just there could be just, a full-on migration from yeah. Mercedes to Ferrari. Yep. And uh, Frederick, I can't remember what the name of the engineer is that he poached from uh, from um, Red Bull, but he was uh, on vehicle on on like engine performance. So like he's got like the head of vehicle design, the former head of have, head of vehicle design of an eight time uh, uh, of an eight time constructors championship team uh, between Nico's championship and all of Lewis's championships. So this dude literally has a track record of showing that he can make the best car. And now they've got mm -hmm. someone who was working on Red Bull's engine up until now, which was like the thing that was kind of lacking for Red Bull. So now that guy's on gardening leave. Loic Sarah's on gardening leave. They come back to Ferrari. Also, I was just watching some of the trashy trash that uh, I watch uh, to get caught up on F1. And Adrian Newey's wife has been liking posts uh, about what a perfect combination oh, it would be to oh. have Hamilton and Leclerc. Like, so now there's a real chance. And also, uh, Horner has said some really dumb things in the past about like, hey, we don't really use age we like we've we've gotten everything we can from adrian newey we don't really need him he's not like at the center of our organization and adrian newey has talked openly about like i think i missed an opportunity to work for ferrari i think like i'm glad that i went and worked with red bull 
but I do kind of wish I got to work for I'm gonna (laughs) it's I think I'm going to build a little like miniature like Italian church in the corner of my basement and light a candle uh Mm -hmm. every every fortnight for Mm -hmm. the you know newy to Ferrari with Hamilton um that's yeah yeah I mean, uh, you know, at this point, it's just sort of like it's got that like dream team momentum of just like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if everybody else is just going to decide that this is the time that we do it, like, why not? Yep. Oh. Yep. So, wow. Absolutely amazing. Um. All right. Yeah. So why did this happen? What were the factors? How did this deal get made? How do you how do you poach Lewis Hamilton out of the grips of Mercedes. Well, I mean, it seems as though when Lewis went to go to the the board at Mercedes to negotiate uh, for his deal. So it's not the board of, of, of Mercedes. It's actually the Daimler Chrysler um, uh, Corporation. So when he went there, he was like, hey, I want a 10-year deal to be a Mercedes ambassador. Uh, and I also want a multi-year contract. And the uh, the guy who is the head of uh, of Mercedes now, um, it used to be the uh, the the mustachio dude, um, uh, Zeche, oh, yeah. I think was his yeah. name. Yeah, he's um, he's gone. Yeah, but he's he's gone. And uh, this guy named uh, uh, Alo uh, Kalenius, uh, Kalenius rather is the guy who runs Daimler now. And that guy has kind of openly said like, "Ah, I don't really care much about F1. Like it doesn't really matter that much to me. Uh, So when Lewis was like, Hey, I would really like to be an ambassador for Mercedes, which is like one of your premium brands like this. I think this is kind of the board and under this guy's leadership kind of just being like, yeah, we don't really care that much about F1 and we don't want to have someone represent us, an ambassador represent the Daimler Motor Corporation who is mm-hmm. as untethered as Lewis Hamilton is. And I, I, I'm not, this is like the gross business thing is I don't, I can see Daimler going like, yeah, no, it's not worth it having someone who could quite literally just like, you know, make or break our stock options um, or like destroy an entire brand because they won't listen to what he's saying because he's on some like environmentalist kick or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. I I get why they would kind of balk at the ambassadorship, but I mean, you can put stipulations on an ambassadorship. You can uh, like, that's a very independent contract like you that no one determines those factors other than the brand and the ambassador like there's no governing body for that so daimler could say mm-hmm. hey yeah you could be an ambassador but we're just just so you know you do not speak for us on environmental terms or whatever it was so they didn't offer him the ambassadorship and they also only gave him a one plus one deal which is essentially a one-year contract there is a one at the end of the next year, Lewis Hamilton would be allowed to go like, Hey, um, I want to leave. I, I, I want to leave the, the team. Uh, and through new, you know, through his crafty 
contract negotiations, he basically had it set up so that he could dip from that whenever he wanted. Uh, And that is what happened because he'd been having multiple conversations with John Elkin and Frederick Vasseur has, you know, there was this report of like, he literally tweeted about it being like, Hey Toto, it's okay. I had dinner with John Elkin. It's not a big deal. Uh, Like we did not negotiate anything. We did not talk about business. It was just two people having dinner. Uh, And I think we had like talked about this on the pod as well. Uh, And it's like, and this is John Elkin, the, the, the president of Ferrari, of, of the of brand, Ferrari. not the Formula One team, but the brand exactly. as a whole. The guy who makes all of the decisions mm-hmm. uh, in the way that uh, our brilliant lords uh, at Ferrari have their entire you know, uh, uh, brand set up. I think it's very, very smart that they have one person who makes all the decisions, and I don't think that that's going to ever be a problem. Uh, so what, what I... I believe happened is he went to John Elkin uh, or through a proxy uh, went to John Elkin or Frederick Vasseur and was just like, Hey, Mercedes kind of laughed me out of the room when I told them I wanted to be an ambassador for them. And John Elkin was like, Oh, uh, you, you can have a lifetime ambassadorship. What, what, what do you, what, what? No, 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 no. You can just, no, no, you, you'll be a Ferrari ambassador forever. What do you, what are they talking about? They're idiots. What else didn't they give you? <laughs> And he was like, oh, multi-year contract. And then they were like, oh, no, we'll give you the standard two plus one contract that you're asking for. So in a sense, like, essentially, you have a three-year contract with Ferrari. Until you're 43 years old, you could be driving a Ferrari. So, I mean, given those options, what would you do, John? What would, it, like, what would anybody do? I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't when you are Lewis Hamilton, I think the factor that drives your decision making more than anything, I think mm-hmm. he would drive pro bono yeah. for Haas if Haas could guarantee him the eighth world drivers championship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is something about, you know, potentially seeing a little bit behind the curtain that certainly I I still believe to this day that was an enormous component in why he left McLaren, the mm-hmm. team that had like raised him from a child yes. to Mercedes where he went through a full season of nothing burger, you know, the car was fine, was serviceable and nothing more, and then began a championship collecting spree with them on the change of the regulations. And so my expectation is that maybe Ferrari's doing some serious cooking for the 2026 regulation change. Um, I'd love for them to just take a championship right out of the gate in 2025, but we'll see. We'll we'll see where things go. Yeah. Um, But I do think, you know, again, you know, the, all the Ferrari, everything there's, it's a very emotional decision. And just from everything I've heard, it just sounded like Ferrari showed Hamilton unlimited love. Yes. They went to him and they said, 
you know, what do you want? You need an ambassadorship. You need a longer mm-hmm. contract. You need more money. Do you need, you know, uh, presumably there's going to be a strong investment in uh, Hamilton's uh, Mission 44 initiative. Like $200 million, like, right away. Like, right yeah. away they drop $200 million into his Mission 44 um, uh, uh, initiative. And that is just unbelievable. Um, especially for an, for a premium brand to do that for a brand as big as Ferrari to back up like diversity and inclusion, uh, as like an initiative at the corporate level and at the pinnacle of their brand identity. Yeah. Something that, you know, presumably was very low on the list of Mm-hmm. Ferrari corporate priorities by just yeah. the culture of the company for them to uh basically commit to a cultural shift. Yes. Um which uh will presumably have like a tangible cultural impact across an entire country, a country that is like, you know, unfortunately tipping into authoritarianism and there are quite literally like right wing marches in that country. Like there Mm -hmm. is a true and real cultural impact that that will have. I mean, I I don't mean to speak for uh, Italian Americans, nor do I intend to speak for Italians, but I do know that every single Italian who has any blood in their veins knows that that blood is red and they are a Ferrari fan. Like that is, and yep. what Ferrari says is that is just as good as the gospel. So it, it really Ferrari is the national team yeah. in, in Italy more so than any other sport. Mm-hmm. Ferrari is the national team. And so, uh, listen, I am, I'm, I like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited yeah. about the prospect of having a powerful reason to just like go all in on being a Ferrari fan. Yeah, yes, yes. Probably, yes. I'm sure this is like mind bendingly yes. frustrating to existing Ferrari fans that I'm just <laughs> sure. like, oh, that sure. cramped car you're in. I can't wait to come in there and eat oh, my tuna no. fish sandwich. But yes. I'm coming, oh. and the tuna fish is straight out of the microwave, baby. Let's go. It's straight out of the microwave, and I don't have earbuds. I'm just playing my phone as yep. loud as I want, That's and it's right. going to be just born in the USA uh, on repeat. Um, and I will not be playing it, uh, understanding that it's an ironic song about how terrible yeah, life no, is in the no, US. No, no. no, I'm going to be like proud, like, ah! Um, no, yeah, I am. Um, I am. Yep. I am Donald Trump hugging the Ferrari flag. <laughs> that is. That's basically. That's the kind of fan that I am about to be. Uh, that's how yeah. disgusting yep. and obnoxious. And I don't care. I want to go all in on uh, on on this. I'm very. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I think it's. I'm, I'm the American tourist who goes to uh, a pizza shop and goes. What you guys don't have any blue cheese or ranch to dip this pizza in? Like I am that person. Right. Yep. Uh, just totally in in no way aware of how delicate uh, a relationship 
Ferrari has had with its fandom. I'm just coming in. I'm coming in uh, real, real strong as well. Um, I'm currently wearing a red Speed Racer shirt because I feel like it was necessary uh, to just be like, oh, yeah. I, need, yeah, I need to wear something yeah. red in celebration. Uh, I've been wearing red in celebration repeatedly uh, since this news dropped in some way. I'm like, oh, I always got to have something red on. I always got to have so-. like, I am going to be that obnoxious fan as well, John. Um, so Cola, you are getting your wish. Uh, she texted me uh, like pretty much immediately after the news and was like, so are uh, you going to be a Tifosi? Oh, I am a Tifosi through and through. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that that does not. It is only heightened now because Lewis Hamilton is coming to Ferrari. Um, uh, so uh, I still promise I will criticize uh, plan, uh, plan D's and plan E's and plan F's uh, all year long. Well, I mean, that's the Ferrari way is to be even yes. more filled with hatred towards the team yes. that you care about. Uh, yes. Every time that they make even the most minor of errors. Exactly. Um, it's just now that it will be justified and like. You know, yeah. it's the same way I like to make fun of improv is like, hey, I love improv, so I will make fun of it relentlessly. But if you don't like improv, then don't you dare make fun of it. I'm the same way with Ferrari now. So uh, let's let's talk just a little bit. Um, the dynamic between Hamilton and and Charles, uh, it would seem as though it's going to be impeccable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we still have a full season of them racing as Yes. direct competitors to see yes. if anything changes or evolves. I would expect. Uh, so last season in particular, they seem to have like more and more reasons to be bonding together, uh, mm-hmm. especially when they were uh, both disqualified for this uh, floor plank issue and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah. it seems as though they've been getting closer and closer over the years, um, which to me is also like, perfect for that then to go into the like Ferrari friction machine and you know for them to start out in tremendous support of each other and potentially either become like a double dragon duo that dominate (laughs) you know by supporting each other or the exact opposite and they're just like at each other's throats in a way we haven't seen in many seasons so here's the thing though there is no history within the sport of two teammates having like a double dragon esque relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the problem. Is yeah. if anything, yeah. we are going to have the two fastest people on track uh, constantly trying to share the same exact space using the same exact equipment. So that is while while the team management all around them are both desperately being like, but there can only be one. Exactly. Which one? We have to pick one. Yes. Which is again, that's the that's the dominant culture of Ferrari, uh, of F1 in Ferrari is like you back one of your two horses that you do not back both horses like and it's not just on some like oh yeah well you know one per you know they get equal equipment and they get to you know whoever does better is what we design like ferrari has a history of just being like oh um yeah look rubens we really really appreciate what you do 
but like Michael is going to get all of the good parts this weekend. Like that's just that's what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Like that is just the understanding that exists uh, at, at that at that organization. So I think that they will do very very well um, when they are not competing against Max Verstappen directly for that top podium step. I think locking out the podium behind Verstappen uh, or maybe challenging him for like a second slash first uh, swap or, hey, even pushing Verstappen off the podium uh, if Mm -hmm. the McLarens are really, really strong, which the McLarens look really, really strong. Um, So there's there's going to be, I think, uh, an interesting grace period in 2025 where Charles is going to be so good at driving that car because he'll have been in that car under these regulations uh, for all three years at that point, um, just before the regulation change shifts in 2026. So Charles will be at the pinnacle. Um, I think this is, and other people have said this, it's incredibly brave of Lewis to do this. He is like, and it kind of goes back to when Anthony Hamilton was supposedly like yeah. giving Christian Horner a call and being like, Hey, do you think that there's any chance that like Lewis could take Perez's seat? And like Horner was like, absolutely not. Uh, that's because they didn't want Max to have direct competition in equal equipment with Lewis. Ferrari is welcoming this. Charles seems to be welcoming this. So I think that there's something really, really brave about what Lewis is doing. Like he's not going down the grid and going, Hey, like I'm kind of sick of driving a Mercedes. I kind of want to go back and finish my career at McLaren again, or I'd like to build Aston Martin up. It's like, who's got the best equipment? Who, who can I, mm-hmm. who, who, who can I beat? Uh, how can I beat Max Verstappen in what car is it necessary? Uh, that being said, I don't think it's out of the question that Lewis is able to challenge Max this season. Uh, Like, I really don't. I think that if anything, it would be like the biggest thumb in the eye of every single person who is going to criticize this decision or who has criticized it up until this point. If he comes in and absolutely mops the floor with George again, and then maybe even wins his eighth unofficial, his ninth official title. Um, uh, if he wins at, at Mercedes and then goes and maybe wins another one at Ferrari, like, come on, that's, those are Fittipaldi record. That's like Emerson Fittipaldi who won with three teams. Right. I think that was the last person to do that. So I believe so. If Hamilton could literally win in a Mercedes, in a McLaren and a Ferrari, like, come on. Also, maybe Max just goes away at that point. Cause he goes like, oh yeah, there's no way I'll. There's no way I can ever beat that if he's got like 10 or maybe 11 world titles by the time he retires. Ugh. So, yeah, it's interesting. It does also, uh, this hasn't even been on my radar until you just sort of brought up the Red Bull of it. But I do feel like mm-hmm. this idea of this this move, and just in the same way that like I'm like, perfectly happy just being like ah forget about mercedes i'm all in on ferrari Mm -hmm. and i know many 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 others are sharing the same sentiment it also seems like there's just this like 
there's this new entity to be universally loved and that will maybe only intensify the collected dislike for Red Bull yeah. which yeah. is a team that is you know uh, you know Red Bull and Max are um while uh, undeniably um, masterfully talented Mm-hmm. They are just a pain point for so many people in the sport. Yeah. Um, so many fans around the sport. Can you and... imagine this year without this announcement? Like it is almost a foregone conclusion that Max is going to win again this year. And like we were all dreading it. And now that is not at all what we're going to be concerned with. And even if that does happen, it's like, well, <laughs> Go ahead and so, enjoy it while it lasts, buddy. So the conspiracy that mm-hmm. I enjoy, we're going to take a little, we're going to peel off the the straightaway and go into the conspiracy pit lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we are, uh, the, the conspiracy that that I'm enjoying the most is that this news was perfectly timed like literally within 24 hours of another piece of news that had the exact opposite effect on the sport which was the news that formula one had collectively weighed in and revealed their verdict on whether or not to allow andretti cadillac into formula one to which they said no chance. Yep. And here's a carefully worded letter that says things like, you're not allowed, you're ugly, you're not mm-hmm. smart, you're yep. not good at any of this. You think you're good, but we're good and you are not good. Mm-hmm. Try again in four years. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Just such so, a ugh, so gross. This was gross. This this is really bad. This, this so this to me is is you know it's the inverse of the Hamilton to Ferrari news, which is mm-hmm. this like beacon of excitement and hope. And again, just because it's Ferrari, and no matter who you root for in Formula One, you know when mm-hmm. when when Red Bull wins, it's good for Red Bull. When Ferrari wins. It's good for Formula One. Yeah. And that was so positive. This and, you know, Formula One basically blocking Andretti is just a a very obvious black eye for the sport. And bribing them into not file any sort of legal complaint because they said, try again in four years. Now, yeah. The unspoken thing is like, if you want to appeal this, we'll appeal it for two years and then there's going to be sour grapes when we come back to negotiate again. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what this says. And it's so just on its face greedy, just the greediest thing imaginable. Because not just are they saying, come back in four years, but at the end of 2027, a new Concord agreement gets signed which means that the teams will have the right to say, 
any new team that wants to enter F1 needs to pay us a billion dollars just to enter the sport. Yeah. That is absolutely what that agreement is going to say, too, John. A minimum, it will be a billion dollar dilution fee. And that is what Andretti Motorsports is up against right now. And it's such I'm not I'm not advocating. I think that Michael Andretti went about this in kind of a gross way, in a weird way. He went on that letter writing campaign at the Miami Grand Prix and really showed how ugly an American he was in that moment. Um, that mm-hmm. it was like, hey, there's a way to do this and a way not to do this. And it's certainly not when like someone comes to your like friend's picnic and then you're like, hey, I'm going to start a letter writing campaign against like the guy who put this picnic on. It's like, well, what do you don't do that? What do you do you think you're going to get invited back? Definitely not. So I, I didn't love the way that he did it. And all the other kind of public, like, we're, like, really ramping up. We've, like, spent $300 million on this facility out in, you know, outside Indianapolis or whatever. Um, And even, like, them, like, dropping their, like, wind tunnel videos and, like, their CFD models and stuff was like, guys, I don't know if that's the best way of going about this. And then F1 did exactly what we all expected them to do, which was say, yeah, you're ugly, you smell bad, you don't know nothing dumb dumb and did you even know what party you were coming to because it doesn't sound like you knew like there was a dress code and like you wore a toga and this is like you know tux so i don't know what you what so, you're doing. so this is the thing though formula one is still in in theory formula mm-hmm. one is still a sport that is ascending in popularity yes and I do think it's very early in the sport's ascent mm-hmm. for them to be this high on their own supply to be like, hold on, first off, like this sport, which traditionally has been pretty bad at doing due diligence or having a high bar for teams that are entering the sport. We've seen some pretty crummy teams mm-hmm. find their way easily into mm-hmm. Formula One. Um, some pretty all of a sudden crummy say people. Like, Not just teams, yeah. but people yep. too. Public-facing people. Yep. Ugh. And for for them to basically say like, well, you know, these days we don't just let anybody in. Our standards mm-hmm. are pretty high. And then yeah. you have Andretti and Cadillac yeah. joining forces to enter the sport. Like I just I don't get it. And I think I'm I guess I'm going to lean back on uh something that I'd proposed previously in the saga of Andretti and Formula 1, which is that I do wonder if particularly because of the 2026 rule change mm-hmm. are there a whole bunch of major manufacturers that have been lining up and having super secretive talks yeah with Formula 1 about joining the sport and that Formula 1 is like desperate to save space for whatever those entities may be um, but I, I still, I still just don't get it. Uh, like, sure, they were 
going to be buying an engine from somebody else while mm-hmm. on a pathway to developing their own Cadillac or General Motors developed engine. Yeah. Which that alone, the sport needs that. Yeah. Sport needs that GM engine. That's like a that's like a no question. Yeah. That benefits the sport tremendously. Um they were on a clear pathway towards that. You know, I don't know. Sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to keep ranting and raving and relitigating yeah. all of this. But like the fact that in their document, they specifically had a statement that said, we felt that they're joining the sport would benefit Andretti Motorsport more than it would benefit Formula One. And they felt the opposite. And like that just like I just don't understand how you like how you publish that. Yeah. If that's the reason, like deals fall apart all the time. Yeah. For emotional ego driven like that. But yeah. to publish that as their statement of like this is the, you know, for anybody else that's thinking of trying to elbow their way in here these are the terms these are the things that we're obsessed with uh for me whole thing's very sad very gross uh i'm still i'm still so enamored with the idea of andretti joining f1 that Mm -hmm. i i still feel like there's got to be a way they're going to smuggle their way in somehow whether that's through haas or through you know i don't know if you heard this thing uh, Formula One, apparently it sounds like also Formula One felt deeply slighted because Andretti Motorsports didn't even respond to them when they said like, let's get together, we'll sit down and we'll discuss the results of you know our findings and we'll talk about your future mm-hmm. in the sport. And uh, the person who uh-huh. was previously employed by Andretti Motorsport yeah. running their <laughs> IT yeah. um was the person that was like, uh, excuse me, uh, Michael Andretti, uh, I noticed that there's an email that went straight to your spam (laughs) from Formula One management Uh asking if you would attend a meeting. And so Formula One apparently was like, oh, you didn't even respond. Like, you didn't even answer our email. You brazen, obnoxious Americans. You wouldn't even send us a response to our email which is like it just hey, seems oh. it seems it seems ridiculous but also there's like as someone john i know you do this because it's part of your business if someone doesn't respond to an email that is kind of critical or kind of important to the process you do send a follow-up email or maybe a text message or maybe a call uh and the fact yeah. that like formula one management sent one email and then use that as like, oh, you didn't even respond to that as like a like, well, you didn't, these are people who are literally willing to pay you like $500 million to join your club. Wouldn't you want to maybe follow up on an email you sent to them asking to have a like in-person meeting? Uh, yeah, it's wild, truly wild. Um, and it does... The other thing that that document did was it kind of showed that F1 doesn't have the long view that it really ought to because 
what they said in that document was, you're not a viable team. You can't show up and potentially challenge for podiums or race wins. Meanwhile, you've got the team principal of Haas, your most backmarker, backmarker team, in his like introductory interview about what he sees as possible this year. He's like, oh, we're not going to be challenging for podiums. We're not going to be challenging for race wins. That's just not going to happen this year. It's like, well, you have you now have a team that is a part of your like group that is openly saying the thing that you said would is was like partially disqualifying, if not mm-hmm. primarily disqualifying. Like what what happens to the team that is right now getting more like Haas is getting way more from F1 than F1 is getting from Haas, right? Yep. And that's kind of true unless you're Red Bull, Ferrari, or Mercedes, quite frankly. Alpine doesn't even qualify in there. McLaren kind of qualifies a little bit, but yep. McLaren is a pedigree. McLaren is a racing brand already. Um, uh, that you know, they're they're like one of the like early, you know, early teams that like showed up. Uh, in the sport outside of the big three, uh, which were at the time Alfa Romeo, Ferrari, and Mercedes. But like, there's like, there are teams that are real. I mean, Alfa Romeo was a badging exercise this past year, right? Like, mm-hmm. wh- and it, come on, guys, you can't say that a team is not eligible because they can't show up and bring, like, they're going to bring new fandom. For Christ's sake, you have. Mario Andretti show up to Grand Prix and run in a car that's modified, a Formula One car, so that they can have fan experiences. Like, how can you say that Andretti doesn't bring anything to the sport? How can you say that name is invalid, like is invalid or does not bring as much value as they claim to? It's just, it really shows F1 is not as smart as they think they are and they really are dependent on these people like Lewis Hamilton, like Sebastian Vettel, right? Uh, And even like a Max Verstappen to make the sport matter in the public's eye. It's just, it's really upsetting. Um, (sighs) But we'll see. We'll see what 2028 holds for us, right? I guess. Or Yeah, I... I don't know. I, yeah. I I think I think I think the book isn't closed on no. this one, and I think there's you know there's been enough of a public slap across Andretti's face. All right, that hopefully, on. Johnny. I'm just now realizing that you changed your name to Johnny Tafosi uh, in the in the Zencast. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay, hundred. Hundred percent. I mean, it rolls, Corey. It rolls off the tongue. It really does. It's it really me. Does. I'm Johnny Tafosi. Johnny Tafosi. Um, okay. Wonder. Johnny Tafosi. Uh, it's it's me, your cousin Johnny Tafosi. Uh, showing up in an A-frame T-shirt and those fingerless leather gloves. Uh, he's yep. there. He's there. That's oh. right. That's right. Um, all right. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a roller coaster. It has been this week. It really to say has been. the Ooh. least. Um, oh. I do. I 
you know, I want I want to see where the Andretti story goes. I'm convinced that we haven't heard the last of it, and I do. Uh, my understanding is that the official Andretti statement, like their final, you know, uh, bullet at the end of their response, was like, "Yeah, you know, we'll be talking about this. We're just going to be busy continuing to develop our Formula One car that we're going to enter your series with." Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're becoming an undeniable force, um, and this could again. This is like I don't want to get too deep into this right now, but this is a huge disconnect between the FIA and F1 team management. 100%. FIA, like the FIA, is probably still telling like Andretti, "Yeah, keep working on your car. Keep working on your yeah. car. We're going to wear these people down, or we're going to make them look and feel so bad publicly." that they're going to have to bend the knee and allow you to show up um, uh, at least at a few of the American grand. All right. So, so in, in the world of this actually being a conspiracy where this Mm -hmm. news was making formula one look like trash. Yeah. And so, so then, so then what happens is the teams all, you know, on their shared like WhatsApp group that the, the team principals are all on. Uh, they're like, oh, this doesn't, this, this doesn't sound, this doesn't make us sound too good. This is mm-hmm. now that we're actually hearing this as it's, you know, being published all over the internet, it's kind of making us sound like we're not in favor of the health of the sport. Yeah. Uh, does anyone have any ideas? And then, you know, someone's like chiming in and like, you know, being like, uh, you know, James Vowles is like, does anybody have a distraction? I mean, like, We've got a distraction. Like we just got our first, like you know, thirty-inch monitor for one of the workstations over yeah. here. Uh, you Pretty know, cool. and then everyone's like, "No, no, no, James, that's not that's not the level of distraction that we we're looking for." And then uh, you know, you got Fred Vasor, who's just like uh, BRB, uh, you know, on the on the <laughs> yeah. chat on the chat chain, and uh, you know, all of a sudden is like you know sends a message to Lewis and is like, we have to, you know, we have to drop the bomb today. today. I know we were going to wait until the middle mm-hmm. of the season or we were mm-hmm. going to wait until whatever. Cause even, uh, even Lewis Hamilton's brother was yeah. shocked by the news. If you saw that clip, he oh, was yeah. like, you know, he was basically told it sounded like it was hours before this became public news Yeah, and it was swirling. Um, I, so I found out about it. I didn't really find out about it the night before, but as I was going to sleep, I was seeing there was a little bit of, there was one of these like Will Buxton, like dropping a, like, I know something that nobody else knows and it's really crazy. Yeah. And like, and everybody, you know, including myself were just like, meh, whatever, Will. You Will, always shut up. You do this. Too you much. always do this. What's the big deal? Some like man, chicken little, the be, sky yeah. is falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh and then I, you know, I, I woke up like super extra early the next morning for some reason, and it was like there it was. It it, yep. it had dropped. So uh I don't know. Maybe there's a chance there's a conspiracy at play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think. And look, I'm not mad at it. If it is a conspiracy, I'm happy to be a part of the conspiracy. I'm happy to have played our part by making this our hundredth episode, um, and just all the uh, the weird confluence of events that has happened 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's it is it is wild, uh, and I would like uh, to think that uh, that that Ricky is uh, is like folded arms, kind of like <laughs> like laughing uh, laughing at yeah. us because uh, yeah, absolutely he, he knew way before before we did. Um, yeah, so that's this is what what an incredible roller coaster of a week this has been in motorsport and in our lives and just yeah seriously yeah. wild truly wild cool. um god what what else is there even anything else to talk about i'm sure while we've been podcasting i'm sure like 10 other things have happened um but uh, uh you know what in in the coming weeks we'll get into some of the silly season shenanigans that this sort of yeah. opens up and there will be there's there's already things that are being discussed but i'd say let's let's save that for the coming weeks as we lead up and navigate our way through we've got a few more car reveals that will be coming mm-hmm. up um there's been no serious cars revealed yet <laughs> no no certainly not <laughs> Certainly no serious reveals, unfortunately. Oh, it's the only American team. Oh, God. Um, anyways, uh, so, Johnny, we already talked about where the stock is at. Uh, so what what else do you think could be coming in, in this this coming week? Is there is there anything else that, like, you feel is potentially on the horizon that we're going to be covering next week? I think uh, the the biggest things that I'll just be looking for is just there's going to continue to be more detail and nuance around the story behind this. I mean, this was like full on breaking news. You know, Sky Sports was like helicoptering, you know, Martin Brundle into the studio and and whatnot, like just uh, full on like, you know, if Anderson Cooper was reporting on this he'd be uh in a in a tank top as his yeah. symbol of like the severity level of the conditions on which he's reporting um yeah so i yeah. think i think there will still be more little nuggets that get uncovered that i think will be truly fascinating i mean this is yeah. this is the deal of a generation in yes. this sport and it's also only just you know begun to set in motion some crazy other dominoes that are going to fall. The the musical chairs has just been hyperactivated yeah. for 2025. Oh it's so early. It's so early. Um, and as yep. you, er, you, you mentioned earlier, I think we're going to maybe start to get some numbers out of that uh, wet tire test where uh, Anthony, Kimmy Antonelli yeah. um, was, was there. Um, uh, and he, super fascinating story yeah yeah a a rumor is he was literally seconds plural seconds faster than everybody else during a wet tire test um so that is bananas he could this could just nuts potentially put him in a uh a position to be one of the youngest people uh to be in this sport and to win races and oh boy, I can feel George Russell sweating from here. Uh, all right, um, Johnny, where can the folks find you out there in the world? Uh, you can always track me down via my home base of johnnymotion.com. Uh, check me out on any of the social media platforms and you'll be able to see the viral 
Formula One Apple Vision Pro prototype that mm-hmm. I had mocked up that's uh, still continuing to uh, be something that's generating a lot of love and a lot of interest amongst the Formula One and the technology community at large, something that I am endlessly uh, just unbelievably grateful for. Um, Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can track me down at CoreyPWillis.com. I'm also Burn Corey Burn on all the social medias. And then we've got the F1 Files on Twitter, the F1 Files on TikTok, and the F1 Files podcast on Instagram. Folks, we will catch up with you the next time, just like you're going to catch up with us on the F1 Files. Thank you.